0: Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Before Coffee. It's Monday and we're slow as usual because it's Monday. (laughs) And we're gonna review what's happened over the weekend and perhaps what's happening today on Monday. So let's get that started here. All right. Today on Before Coffee. Russian warship fires warning shots at cargo ship in the Black Sea.
1: And the clean energy future is faster than you think.
0: Um, uh, Polish prime minister to hold referendum on EU's immigration plan.
1: And Hurricane Dora is no longer Hurricane Dora. She's Typhoon Dora. She's an explorer.
0: <laughs> Belton University launches a Taylor Swift-inspired literature course.
1: And Kansas police shut down a newspaper as we become Nazi dictatorship today on August fourteenth, twenty twenty-three. More coffee.
0: Oh, right. the, the start of the Civil War.
1: This, the troops and strong federal anti-slavery in Kansas. Yeah, that was one of those, yeah, so They called it Bleeding Kansas at the time. It was pre-Civil War.
0: Okay. So. With well, with my first new story, let's talk about our a, a different war. A war between two countries, as uh, Russian warships are firing shots at cargo ships in the Black Sea because they're trying to control all the grain leaving Ukraine. This is coming from Reuters. A Russian warship fired warning shots at a cargo ship in the southwestern Black Sea on Sunday as it's made its way northwards, the first time Russia has fired on merchant shipping beyond Ukraine since exiting a landmark UN-brokered grain deal last month. In July, Russia halted participation in the Black Sea grain deal that allowed Ukraine to export agricultural produce via the Black Sea. Moscow said that it deemed all ships heading to the Ukrainian waters to be potentially carrying weapons. On Sunday, Russia said its Vasily Bykov patrol ship had fired automatic weapons on the Palawa-flagged Sukru Okan vessel after the ship's captain failed to respond to a request to halt for an inspection. Russia said the vessel was making its way towards the Ukrainian port of Izmail. Refinative shipping data showed that the ship was currently near the coast of Bulgaria and heading towards the Romanian port of Sulina. To forcibly stop the vessel, warning fire was opened from an automatic weapon, the Russian Defense Ministry said. The Russian military boarded the vessel with the help of a Ka-29 helicopter, the ministry said. After the inspection group completed its work on board and the Sukru Okan continued to on its way to the port of Ismail. A Turkish Defense Ministry official said he had heard of an incident had taken a place involving a ship heading for Romania and that Ankara was looking into it. Looking into it. Reuters could not immediately reach the vessel or its owner for comment. A senior advisor to the Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said that an incident was a clear violation of international laws of the sea, an act of piracy, and a crime against civilian vessels of a third country in the waters other of other states. The advisor, Mikhailo Vodiliak, tweeted that Ukraine will draw all the necessary conclusions and choose the best response, possible response. Zelensky did not mention the incident in his nightly video address, Natalia Humniuk a spokesperson for the Southern Military Command stressed that the Russian statement had not been confirmed by the official sources. I believe that attention should be drawn to this and the per- per- peculiar peculiarities I don't know why I can't say that word of hybrid warfare should be kept in mind she said in televised, televised remarks. This statement could be a signal to all civilian vessels in the Black Sea, she said, and calls all transportation and navigation there to be conducted under international guarantees. Russia, she added, was trying to assert its right to stop a ship or deploy aircraft in the Black Sea and face no consequences. Firing on a merchant vessel will ratchet up Already acute concerns among ship owners, insurers, and commodity trainers about the potential dangers of it getting insured, ensnared in the Black Sea—the main route of both Ukraine and Russia used to get their agriculture produce to market. Russia and Ukraine are among the world's top agriculture producers and major players in what wheat, barley, maize, rape seed, rapeseed oil, sunflower seed. Sunflower oil markets. I love sunflower seeds. Anyways, Russia's dominant in fertilizer market. Since Russia left the Black Sea grain deal, both Moscow and Kyiv have issued warnings and carried out attacks that have set jitters through global commodity oil and shipping markets. Russia has said it will treat any ship approaching Ukrainian ports as potentially military vessels and their flag countries as combatants on the Ukrainian side. Wow, really cool. Why do you even put a flag on your ship? You know? Yeah. Oh, that. Look, yeah. It doesn't matter. We don't have to put a flag on a ship. They're gonna assume we're Ukrainians, anyways. Russia has also struck Ukrainian grain facilities on the Danube. Ukraine Ukraine responded with a similar threat to ships approaching Russia or Russian-held Ukrainian ports. Ukraine attacked a Russian oiler tanker and a warship at its Novorossiak naval base next door to a major grain and oil port. So, don't go to the Black Sea. They're probably just going to shoot you down with a warship even if you're a little dingy. Ah, uh, you're freaking supplying, running supplies, you're a smuggler. We're going to shoot you down. Alright.
1: They're yeah. yeah. going buy a flag that says, not Ukraine. Yeah. Not Ukraine. Alright. Alright, here's... Okay, an extremely long story, which I had to go and scroll through and find those 40 paragraphs, so we're going <laughs> to, we are going to abridge the expurgated version, as they say, the expurgated version, we're going to All right, man, this is a clean energy story from time to the byline. Uh... David Gels, Brad Plummer, Jim Tanner, Noelski, Hank uh, Kurlski, Jack Ewing. And uh, we would credit the photographer, but you can't see the pictures. But it's Mason Trinka. And so you know it's going to be long. It's about clean energy. Clean energy. The United States is pivoting away from fossil fuels toward wind, solar, and energy, even in areas dominated by oil and gas industries. Liberty vans in Pittsburgh, buses in Milwaukee, cranes loading freight in Port of Los Angeles, every municipal building in Los Angeles, all are powered by electri- electricity delivered from the sun, wind, and other sources of clean energy. Across the country, a profound shift is taking place that is nearly invisible to most Americans. A nation that burned coal, oil, and gas for more than a century to become the richest country on the planet, as well as historically the most polluting, is rapidly shifting away from fossil fuels. A similar energy transition is already underway in Europe and elsewhere. My phone just went off, sorry. It was spam. But the United States is catching up. And globally, change is happening at a pace that is surprising even the experts who track it closely. Wind and solar power are breaking new records and renewables are now expected to overtake coal by 2025 as the world's largest source of electricity. Automakers have made electric vehicles central to their business strategies and are openly take, talking about the expiration date on the in, internal combustion engine. Heating, cooling, and cooking are, in some manufacturing are going electric. As the planet registers the highest temperatures on record, rising in some places to level incomparable with human life, incompatible with human life, and or incomparable, Governments around the world are pouring trillions of dollars into clean energy to cut the carbon pollution that is broiling the planet. Scrolly, scrolly, scrolly. The cost of generating electricity from the sun and wind is falling fast, and in many areas is now cheaper than gas and oil, or coal. Private invest, and when it's cheaper than gas, that's when you got some. Private, because that shit just comes right out of the ground. The private investment of flooding in the companies that are jockeying for advantage to emerging green industries. We look at energy debt on a daily basis, and astonishing what's happening," said Faith Boryol Birol, says Faith Birol, the executive director of International Energy Agency. Clean energy is moving faster than many people think, and it's becoming turbocharged lately. Well, that's kind of a weird thing to say about it, ironically. Turbocharged. Turbocharged is very efficient. Sorry. Nitro in your gasoline or whatever.
0: Turbocharged. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It doesn't save fuel. It just makes it. Whoa. Anyway, more than $1,002, 1,002, 1 million, 1.7 trillion dollars worldwide is expected to be invested in technology such as winds, solar power, electric vehicles, and batteries. Global is this year, according to IEA, compared with just over 1 trillion in fossil fuels. That is by far the most ever spent on clean energy in a year. These investments are driving explosive growth. China, which already leads the world in sheer amount of electrically produced. Electricity produced by wind and solar is expected to double its capacity by 25, five years ahead of schedule. So the Chinese are five years ahead of schedule. Go on with your bad self. In Britain, roughly one third of electricity is generated by wind, solar and hydropower. In the United States, 23% of electricity expected to come from renewable sources this year, up 10 percentage points from a decade ago. The nature of these exponential curves sometimes causes us to underestimate how quickly changes occur once they reach these inflection points and begin accelerating, said former Vice President Al Gore, who has called attention to what we termed a planetary crisis 17 years ago in an inconvenient truth. And again, that was the truth, as (laughs) unfortunately, as you people who didn't think it was the truth are learning. Boy, it sure is hot even as the pace of change in the united states surprising everyone from energy experts to automobile executives fossil fuels still dominate energy production at home and abroad corporations are building new coal mines oil rigs and gas pipelines these government government continues to award leases to drilling projects on public lands and federal waters and still subsidies and still subsidize the industries after posting record profits last year Oil companies are backing away from recent promises to invest in more heavily in renewable energy. Because why should they? It doesn't make any money like they can when they can just jack up oil prices and claim it was bad energy policy or something. Or it's them poor, them Arabs are jacking other prices. Well, yeah, that's because you're relying on them too much. All right, that's it, man. The story goes on forever. It's a good story. It's the New York Times. But again, we are surpassing our clean energy in the United States. And it's just not readily evident to the everyday consumer because they just plunk something into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know where this comes from. It's magic. <laughs> All right.
0: It's magic. Okay. It isn't.
1: I think about it, man think about how magical electricity is magic
0: In immigration news the Polish prime minister is to hold a referendum on the EU's immigration plans This is from Kate Connolly in Berlin Poland's right-wing prime minister has said he will go ahead with a referendum on EU migration reforms in which voters will be asked if they are willing to accept thousands of illegal mi- immigrants from Middle East and Africa. They aren't illegal if you accept them through, your, through refugee crisis and stuff like that. They're not illegal. <laughs> Please stop using this word. I don't think you know what this word means. Matus Moriecki announced in a video published online on Sunday that the referendum would coincide with the parliamentary election on 15th October. Migration and security will be central topics of the election, as Marowayki's ruling party, Law and Justice PIS, seeks to retain power. PIS's campaign to lengthen its eight-year rule kicked off last Thursday when the defense minister, Mariusz Lazo, announced on public radio that he was placing 10,000 troops near the border with Belarus to frighten the aggressors so that they do not dare to attack us. The the announcement came after Belarusian military helicopters violated Polish airspace last week and Wagner Group mercenaries set up a camp in Belarus. Warsaw has interpreted these movements as a direct provocation, citing them as a growing evidence of the threat Minsk poses to Poland and the EU. Moriweki's government has long balked on at EU plans to distribute migrants among its members evenly, sharing responsibility for the people entering the block without authorization. They deal with authorization. They're civilians. They don't need authorization. They're just people. Okay, anyways. You don't have the authority to enter. My authority is that I want to live. Get the fuck out of my way. A deal was formally endorsed by the EU interior ministers in June, despite some members' objections, including notably Hungary and Poland. Moriweki and the referendum would pose the specific question: do you support the admission of thousands of illegal immigrants from the Middle East and Africa under the forced relocation mechanism imposed by the European bureaucracy? Man, why don't you write it a little bit more, F- please? Goddamn. <laughs> They're not illegal! If you're Remember. legally allowing them, they're not illegal. That's literally how it works. This video included yeah. scenes of street violence in Western Europe. So propaganda involving burning buildings, vehicles, an allusion to recent riots in France, which were also caused by white people in France, not just those Africans that have been living in the country for five generations, by the way, who are not illegal immigrants. <laughs> they're legal. Okay. Okay, In one scene, a black man is seen licking a large knife. Ah, nice. The pictures are accompanied by the video of PIS's leaders, Jaroslaw Kozniwski, who asked do you want this to happen in Poland as well? Oh my God, kill me! Do you want to stop being masters of your own country? <laughs> what is he talking about? PIS has drawn increasing attention in the rising numbers of African and Middle Eastern migrants entering Poland via Belarus, which is not an EU member, which would, with which Poland shares a 400-kilometer-long border. So far this year, about 19,000 attempted crossings have been made, compared with the 16,000 in the whole of 2022. About 2,000 Poles soldiers and 5,000 border guards currently defend the border. Part of the frontier is protected by an 186, 186-kilometer 186 metal wall. Poland has given refugee to more than 1 million Ukrainians who are largely white and Christian. But for years, in particular during the height of the 2015 refugee crisis, political leaders had voiced their objections to hosting Muslims and other people from different cultures arguing that they threaten the country's cultural identity and security. That's not real the upcoming referendum voters will also be asked other questions on other topics including whether they support an increase in the retirement age which has been lowered to 60 for women and 65 for men and the privatization of state owned enterprises a recent political rally in Chelm close to the border with Ukraine Kazynsky said that the EU led privatization of forests would prevent Poles from picking mushrooms a popular national pastime I don't think it would because I don't think there's an EU officer sitting at the borders of every forest going, Hey, what are you doing? You're not trying
1: picking to... Picking mushrooms? As long as you're not trying to make money off them, what are they going to do? They can't control I mean, the, and
0: Germ- Germany has the sim- a similar law. You're allowed to pick as many mushrooms as you want. You can't sell them.
1: Just but like money. any other law in America. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't go. Hey, I'm going to become a. I'm going to become a, a business in this town, and the chamber of commerce says, "No, you, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> you. It's sorry. Right. Does does it, economics is always like that?
0: The mushroom picking season coincides with the day of the poll. As the index said, we have the freedom. We can go mushroom picking. <laughs> This is part of our freedom. If we will not let that freedom be stolen from us. It's not gonna be stolen. Calm down. If there's any Polish people watching, I want to let you know that this guy is trying to make it more serious than it is, okay? It's not that serious. He's making it an 11 issue when it's really like a five or four issue, okay?
1: Wasn't the driving force of Brexit all the Polish immigrants in the UK? Isn't this ironic? All right, go ahead, sorry.
0: It's just racist, really. Um,
1: It's easy to tell somebody from uh, Africa, not so easy to tell somebody from Europe.
0: Political analysts have compared Polish leaders and EU rhetoric to the take-back-control slogans used by pro-Brexit campaigners in the UK. Kazianinsky has been dialing up the anti-German sentiment as well that his party has used to show up its base since its foundation in 2001. Along with topics including misogyny, homophobia, security fears, and racism, he has said that Germany should be forced to pay Poland 1.3 trillion euros in reparations for the Nazi war crimes during the Second World War. Germany has rejected the demands. has cited Poland's devastating experiences of life under Nazi and Soviet era rule as justification for Poles' fears and demands. Yeah, but I don't think people from the Middle East and Africa are going to be like, okay, now let's put everyone in concentration camps. I don't think they're going to do that. Just an idea. It's not an invasion, right? It's not an invasion. They just want to not be in the place they currently live, which is terrible for their life. That's all it is. let's let's remind everyone that where is most of the gdp currently in the world northern europe and and north america that's where it is the north so you can't blame people from the south wanting to go hey those people have all the money let's go hang out with them if you want people to not come to your country maybe you should share some of that wealth to the south and then they'll be like hey we're also pretty well off now we don't have to worry about going to the north Mm -hmm. anymore
1: End xenophobia is a little, well, is it my story yet or no no
0: one more one more
1: Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: he said in the rally in chelm do you know who has the biggest influence in brussels exactly germany and we would be forced to go living under that one boot from the east to another boot from the west okay there we go there's the propaganda there uh people are not illegal ever in any sort of area uh, Poland needs to stop acting like Nazi Germany itself, and, uh, I, uh, your story.
1: Well, you know what these, um, these, what do they call them? Uh, demagogues do. They, your nationalism and your xenophobia It's yep. like, the people are different. My God, they're going to put up a church if they move here. Ah. Yeah, so? Building jobs, construction We're gonna jobs. We're going to start
0: selling kebab. No.
1: Pick mushrooms. Ah, is a federal agent going to stomp on our hands? Okay. You're persecuted. I get it. All right. In weather news at our hot, hot planet. Did you know the difference between a hurricane and a typhoon? I was completely wrong. There is absolutely no difference between them hurricane and a typhoon except one of them crossed an imaginary international date line that is the only difference because oh, hurricane go the
0: different the other direction that's not no okay.
1: southern hemisphere but there's just an imaginary line uh, supposedly water goes down the green the other direction in the southern hemisphere right okay? Uh, because Hurricane Dora, which started out as a Atlantic hurricane and turned into a Pacific hurricane, is now neither. It is a typhoon. <laughs> it's, it's Typhoon Dora. So, Tropical Storm Dora, Atlantic Hurricane Dora, Pacific Hurricane Dora, which actually fed the... Yeah, wildfires in Hawaii, which has now killed at least 96 people, and blew past Hawaii and kept on a going, staying hurricane strength until it reached the far east. That's right, it went so far west that it ended up in the east. Hurricane door, this is from This is from Hawaii News now, as a matter of fact. Hurricane Dora is now technically Typhoon Dora, going the distance. Before Hurricane Dora entered our waters over the Pacific Ocean, it started a cluster of clouds over the Atlantic, where it first began as a tropical wave. From where it started, it has disorganized thunderstorms to where it is right now, over the International Dateline, it has traveled more than 9,800 miles, starting over the Atlantic, starting its voyage in late July, and eventually crossed into the Eastern Pacific. With El Niño strengthening in warm ocean temperatures, it was quickly intensified and grew into a strong hurricane as the original cluster of clouds traveled over eastern Pacific. It was steered by a large area of high pressure to the central Pacific, traveling over the Pacific for more than 5,200 miles. It will go down in the history books as the longest-lasting Category 4 hurricane on record in the Pacific Ocean. Usually, the waters over the central Pacific. Or compared to the Eastern Pacific, and it weakens considerably when entering our water. But with no friction or anything in its way to it become a symmetrical powerhouse of a storm where you can clearly see the eye of the hurricane, Category 4 hurricane, day after day. It is known as an annual hurricane and has very powerful winds at its center. It was about 490 miles south of Hawaii Island during its closest approach on Tuesday, August 8th when the fires broke out in both Maui and Hawaii Island. Hurricane Doris made national headlines this week for potentially be a key factor along a large area of high pressure to the north developing unprecedented winds that brought a red flag warnings to the state. And unfortunately, fan fires with more than 60 mile an hour gusts in Lahaina and ended up and up to 80 miles per hour winds on Hawaii Island, even over the mountains on Oahu. Now, after three weeks, since it developed, it continues across basin to basin over the Pacific, from Atlantic to Eastern Pacific, to Central Pacific, and now Western Pacific, has officially reached the International Dateline, which makes it one of two storms to do this on record. Hurricane John made such a trip over the Pacific in 1994, which holds the original record for the longest lasting tropical cyclone. Since it is now over the Pacific Ocean it is technically a typhoon, which is the same as a hurricane, but that is, that is what it is called on that side of the international dateline and on this side of the globe. We will see how much further Typhoon Dora travels as it now spins over the western Pacific. Dora is expected to weaken quite a bit and eventually fall apart, but looking back at its journey and impacts in the islands with influence on our winds it's a reminder of how powerful Mother Nature can be, and it is a reminder of how far these elements may originate from originality. Traveling thousands of miles, in the, the nature of tropical cyclones, long distance, but this one is for the history books. Alright, so Mother Nature again, does not actually exist. She's like Santa Claus although we definitely see what Mother Nature does every day so we we get some way to identify this thing, this phenomenon, which is the leather! Your story.
0: Alright, she strikes again or she doesn't strike because she's not real. Uh, Or
1: we're just making plans for Nigel don't forget Nigel's coming up. Yep.
0: Good. Oh, yeah. Leave room for Nigel, or what was it?
1: Uh, The XTC song. We're only making plans for Nigel.
0: Yeah, we're only making plans for Nigel. Okay. In more music news. (laughs) (laughs) Or not even music news, actually. It's just university (laughs) news, I guess. This is from Ashifa Kassam, the European Community Affairs correspondent on The Guardian. Much of the syllabus for Ellie McCausland's course at the Ghent, Ghent, sorry, Ghent University reads like a who's who's of English literature. with works by Jeffrey Tosher, Charlotte Bronte, William Shakespeare, but it's the inclusion of another prolific writer that has got people talking, the singer-songwriter Taylor Swift. I've never had so many emails from excited students asking if they can take the course, says McCausland. A assistant professor at the Belgian university, and actually non-students as well, people who are not part of the university who want to participate in some way. McCausland pitched the idea of a Swift-centered elective, believed to be the first of its kind in Europe, after she was repeatedly struck by parallels between the singer's lyrics and the English literature the academic had long studied. In Swift's The Great War, she saw echoes of how Sylvia Plath, Daringly spoke of war and battle to convey her pain in the poem, Daddy. While Swift's mad woman, in the tale tales of patriarchy and mental health, harked back to the Charlotte Perkin Gilman's stor- short story, The Yellow Paper. I sort of thought, why is no one talking about this? Because she's a uh, attractive white woman with blonde hair. She can't be smart, she can't be intelligent, and she can't write well. Okay, that's why. That's why no one's talking about it. Glad I could clear that up. Mm. Due to the start in autumn, the the course titled Literature, Taylor's version, will capitalize on these links, using Swift's work as a springboard to explore everything from 14th century writings to Margaret Atwood's take on The Tempest. What I want to do is show students that although these texts might seem inaccessible, they can be accessible if you look at them from a slightly different angle, she said. So Shakespeare in some ways, is actually addressing a lot of the same questions as Taylor Swift is today. Which seems crazy, but he is. McLaughlin said that she had come up with, come up against some on some, wait, she had come up against some on social media who were skeptical of her approach. But I think that's actually a sign that this is needed, she said, likening it to the reaction after Bob Dylan won the Nobel Prize in Literature in 2016. It gets people talking about what is literature. What is canon? Can any text be literature? Yes. Everything is art. She far, she's far from the first to bring Swift into the university classroom. In 2022, New York University Clive Davis Institute reported, par, reportedly pioneered the pop queen's path into academia, with a course examining the appeal and aversions of the musician. He then, since then, another half of a dozen or so courses have sprung up across the U.S., investigating another various aspects of the artists who recently became the first woman to have four albums in the top 10 of the u.s album charts simultaneously because was quick to not sorry
1: let's clarify she keeps re-releasing her old albums so that's kind of fuzzy because she doesn't form. own the
0: masters to her old albums <laughs>
1: when she has four albums simultaneously yeah it seems like she's getting them pumped up artificially by re-releasing all the albums. You know but what I'm saying? It's because
0: she's her, there are different versions.
1: All of them, but just... I'm the just reason saying they're why,
0: actually different. They're not re-releases, they're remasters, So they're completely re-recorded and re-sung and re-written. But they, they sound completely different from the original releases.
1: It's, it, it, it's what's known as a boot grab. <laughs> Whether you got a reason... She needs it as money, and you just. She doesn't have the rights, obviously. She's doing it as a money grab. So, four albums, but again, it's like, oh boy, she's got a whole bunch of new material. No, it's the same stuff. Go oh, sorry, yeah. I... Well,
0: it is newer yeah. material. Um, could be. McCawson was quick to acknowledge that similar courses could be fashioned from the work of other artists. However, for her, a self described long time Swifty, it was evident that Swift's lyrics, which are often threaded with literary references, deserved a deeper look. In 2022, the singer detailed how her writing style varied with the tools she imagined herself to be using. A quill might yield as 19th century sonnet, and a fountain pen could spark a modern personal story, while a glitter gel pen turned out a carefree, bouncy song. McCostlin said that the ability to switch between styles, all the while penning deeply personal lines that speak to the collective experience, made Swift the perfect writer to explore. I want the students to realize that the media they consume on a daily basis, whether the music is from, whether that is music, Netflix, podcast, TikTok, or whatever, I want them to think about that in the same way that they might think about the topics they study. She said, "Why is this so zeitgeisty? Why does it spark so many people?" She stressed that despite her passion for Swift's work, the course would still be grounded in academic. Academics and designed to accommodate everyone from Swifties to those who delight dislike the artist Artist, There will be critics who think sort of frivolous and silly She said the primary focus is literature, but also I want to think critically and about Swift I'm absolutely not gathering all the Swifties and we're going to spend three hours every Monday fangirling Yeah, nice. we're not gonna be that talking would- about her and how great she is. We're actually gonna be reading Academically reading her lyrics, okay, that's my story
1: which is which is helpful, but again, Bob Dylan did the same thing. Of Bob Dylan uh, probably was smarter at the st- at the start, perhaps because he recorded everything. You know, like, of course, maybe he just had to write to- write all of his music from the start because of smart management. But yeah, you can go. Dylan recorded so many versions of every song. Like, he he put four versions of a song down, put one of them on the album, and 30 years later, just released the other one. Here's some more bootlegs. (laughs) Here's some more money in my bank account, because I wrote these songs and I get all the publishing rights. All right. Uh, Smart. It's smart. And I do enjoy literature being, uh, music lyrics being explored as literature is actually, it's more an immediate literature, right? You can listen to a four-minute song and get a real story, even a two-minute song, get a real story. Sit there and read a book, get to the end, and what the hell just happened? Yeah. How many times? What the hell, I I, I read this whole book, I don't get it. All right, the song, it's over. You get it, you don't get it. So yeah, it is literature. And we have some fascism news from Kansas, because Kansas, well, we're still learning out there, apparently. Local police, this is from The Guardian, Michael Sanato. Local police in Marion, Kansas conducted a raid on the offices of a local newspaper on Friday, as well as homes of the publications, publishers, and reporters. Eric Meyer, the owner and publisher of the American County Record, told the Kansas Reflector that the city's entire five officer police force and two sheriff's deputies conducted a raid which included the seizure of computers, cell phones, and reporting material. Meyer said the raid and seizure stemmed from the confidential source-leaking sensitive documents to the newspaper. He criticized the seizure, comparing it to seizures conducted by the repressive Government regimes. Last week, local newspaper propri- proprietor Kerry Newell had police remove Marion County record reporters. Local restaurant proprietor Kerry Newell had police remove Marion County record reporters from an open forum held by U.S. Congressman Jake LaTurner. The Congressman's staff apologized and had invited the press. According to Meyer, a confidential source leaked evidence that Newell had been convicted of drunken driving and continued using her vehicle without a license, but the newspaper never published anything related to it, as they suspect the source was relaying information from Newell's husband during their divorce divorce proceedings, The Kansas reflected Reflector reported police notified Newell and then complained at the city council meeting that the newspaper had illegally obtained and disseminated sensitive documents, which isn't true. Her public comments prompted the newspaper to set the record straight in a story published Thursday. The paper added that Newell admitted to driving arrest and driving with suspended license. Then came Friday's raid and seizures authorized by a search warrant and alleged identity theft and unlawful use of a computer. The seized materials included publishing and reporting materials that the newspaper led them to publish their next edition, and they were not given a time frame to when the to when the seized computers and phones would be returned. The Kansas re- the search warrant signed by Marion County District Court Magistrate Judge Laura Bayer appears to violate federal law that provides protections against searching and seizing materials from journalists. The law requires law enforcement to subpoena materials instead. Byer didn't respond to a request to comment for this story and explained why she would au- she would authorize a potentially illegal raid. The Marion Police Chief, Gideon C- Cody, did not respond to a request for comment. Press advocates have condemned the, condemned the raid as an infringement on the freedom of the press, which it... Is An attack on the newspaper office through an illegal search is not just an infringement on the rights of journalists, but an assault on the very foundation of democracy and the public's right to know," said Emily Bradbury, executive director of the Kansas Press Association, in a statement to the Kansas Reflector. This cannot be allowed to stand. The chairperson of the National Newspaper Association, John Gaylor, added in a statement on Facebook, Newsroom raids in this country received into history 50 years ago. 50 years ago? 1973? Holy shit, I hope they went a lot farther back than that. Uh, today, law enforcement agencies by and large understand that gathering information from newsrooms is a last resort and that done only with subpoenas that protect the rights of all involved. For a newspaper, they be intimidated by an unannounced search and seizures unthinkable in an America that respects First Amendment rights. Yeah, they rated them like they were common, like, oh, that's a that's a crack house. Uh, we are not covering the whole entire story because in this, we, they did not cover the fact that the newspaper's the editor's 98-year-old mother died right after the raid so as we can't cause say for certain that hey she was 98 you know could have been the next wind that killed her it didn't help <laughs> let's put it that way it didn't help okay alright your story
0: yeah that definitely uh, doesn't seem like the best circumstances to have uh, an, an, an elder woman you know just hanging out oh. probably crocheting in the corner or
1: whatever so. It was a judge's fault the surprise raid was not in the best interest of anybody it's like we're <laughs> So, right yeah they were conjuring up oh no there's still identities right oh come on i think cops just sometimes want to feel like they're freaking you know commandos or something
0: okay. <laughs> uh, in culture news Sounding sound footing. Campaign promotes female DJs at Notting Hill Carnival. This is from Amna Modine, community affairs correspondent. A Notting Hill Carnival Pioneer has launched a campaign to bring more women into the festival's sound system scene with a new grassroots mentoring program. Lynette Kamala, who at 14 became one of the first female DJs at the carnival, has partnered with Guinness to support up-and-coming sound system operators, DJs, and producers hoping to break into the scene. The mentorship program, called Original Sound Collective, will include bespoke training, experience, and access to new equipment. The mentor lineup include the carnival legend Dub Plate Pearl and Ella Davidson Smith. The mentees for the first round have been selected, but the program will be open soon for prospective applicants to apply. Kamala did her groundbreaking set in 1985. She has since been reflecting on how much has changed for women in carnival since then, and how the festival can be more conclusive. Women have always been around as part of the sound system culture, it's just not always been visible, she said. So me stepping into the foray as a young black young woman back to the beginning wait a young woman back then was bringing more visibility to the females who were around, but not as a prominent prominent and taking on some of those roles like DJ or MC. Kamala added that while there were now plenty of female DJs, there's still an issue around access of lack of support. People feel like they're perhaps in isolation. They're feeling like they're only the only ones doing this or feeling that way, and really want to learn more about it. The first step is about connecting and having the courage. Everyone brings different skills, but it's a collective, and everyone's going to have different facets to different qualities and personalities that they bring to it as well. So, what's, so that's what's quite exciting, and hopefully find that connect with other people and other women out there in Kill Carnival returned last year after a two-year hiatus because of the coronavirus pandemic. So did everything else. For Kamala, the importance of Carnival goes back to its founding. It came out of a racist murder. It actually had to be a very tragic beginning for the death of Kelso Cochrane, but with Ronan Ladsitz, a principal organizer of the Carnival, incredible response in terms of bringing the community together from all different backgrounds and saying, You know what? We're going to stand up against it. Hatred, racism, and indifference and we're going to come together as a community. So for me, it's real. Incredible demonstration of the best of humanity. Neil Shaw, the head of the Guinness GB said, from the traditional Guinness punch drink to sound system sponsorship, Guinness has been part of Notting Hill Carnival for many years and is connected with Caribbean communities in the UK and beyond. We developed the Guinness Original Sound Collective by working closely with carnival leaders such as Lynette Kamala with the aim to make a real difference to the community. By championing women, we are looking to push carnival culture forward. Through championing this new generation of women, we hope to inspire others and fulfill our long-term ambition of supporting even more women who are trying to make a name for themselves in the space and beyond. So, yay, more female DJs. Less... uh, Female groupies, I guess. More male groupies. That's what I want. <laughs> a bunch of guys hanging around your your freaking disc set. And uh, on to this day in history, I guess.
1: A bunch of guys with no self esteem hanging around. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this day in history. In <clears throat> 1457, the first book printed in Europe with a Telophon, bearing the name of a printer, was completed in Mainz, Germany. In 1900, the international force seized Beijing to crush the Boxer Rebellion. In 1917, China declared a war on Germany and Austria-Hungary during World War I. Did you know China was in World War I? Wow. Yes. Yeah. Know your okay. history, people. Well, they done, they done turned on Germany too. Everybody let's declare war in Germany. It was like a fad in 1917. Everybody's like let's hate the Kaiser. 1935 U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Social Security Act establishing a permanent national old age pension system through employer and employee contributions. So happy birthday to Social Security. 1941 President British Prime Minister Winston Churchill and U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt issued the Atlantic Charter, a joint declaration that stated, among other points, that they desired no territorial changes without the free assent of the peoples concerned. All right, man, we st- we're gonna stop being imperialists, as if Pakistan. In 1947, became a sovereign state, bringing an end to the British rule there. And there you go. 1941, British stops being perilous. 1947, Pakistan gets her independence. So it gradually happened. 1959, American basketball player and entrepreneur, Magic Johnson, who led the National Basketball Association Los Angeles Lakers of five championships, was born in Lansing, Michigan. In 1994, a Venezuelan militant Carlos the Jackal who orchestrated some of the highest profile terrorist attacks of the 70s and 80s was captured by French agents in Sudan. He was later sentenced to life in prison for his crimes. 2004, Polish-born poet, essayist, and critic Czeslaw Milos was considered one of the major poets of the 20th century and won the 1980 Nobel Prize for Literature. See, poets can win it. Why not songwriters? Well, anyway, he died in this day in, in, at the age of 93 in 2004. In 2016, Jamaican sprinter Usain Bolt won the 100 meters in the Rio de Janeiro Games, becoming the first person to win the event in three consecutive Olympics. He later claimed an unprecedented 3rd straight gold in the 200 meters. And the featured biography, what what feature? What featured event today? Is the Cologne Cathedral was completed in 1248. Constructed of the cathedral in Cologne, Germany, the largest Gothic church in Northern Europe and the city's major landmark, was finished and complete on this day in 1880. It was started. In twelve forty eight, completed in eighteen eighty. Now that's some serious work delays. Okay. That's nearly it's well over six hundred years. Wow. <laughs> Featured birthday, Holly Berry turns fifty six today. She was born wow. in nineteen sixty. Yeah, good. she Yeah, she's at least in this picture, she could have been twenty four in this picture though. I don't know. <laughs> 1945. Steve Martin's birthday today. Steve Martin, born in 1945. Daniel Steele, American writer, is born on this day, 1947. Stanley McChrystal, U.S. United States General, was born on this day, 1954. So, and what day is it today? Not too many days. Just National Creamsicle Day. Creamsicle. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Everyone. Let's go back to okay. I don't know about everywhere else, but cream sickles in the United States are they're orange, they got an orange shell, and they got ice cream on the inside. Yep. And if you like orange, they're for you, I guess. And it's also world world lizard day. And I've got lizards all over the place here, I know that. And it's also National Navajo Code Talkers Day. If you don't know what the Code Talkers are, they were the ones that helped us win the war, World War II, because the Nazi Germans could not decipher what the Navajo land, uh, language was. They had no books on it, and the two people on the end of the two translators at the end were the only ones that know it. And so, because they were Navajos, yeah. And uh, that's our. That's what's going on today right? Jeremiah was a bullfrog. It's been
0: Allison here from the Netherlands reviewing that we really love creamsicles. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I love creamsicles. I used to get them all the time at lunch at school and uh, I don't know if I will be able to find one here but I'll, I'll look for one and uh, we will see you on Tuesday for another exciting episode of Before Coffee.
1: Oh yes, and we'll be back here in the United States still making plans for the next hurricane. <laughs> this hurricane building up is supposed to be pretty bad, so we're making plans for Nigel out here in the United States on August 14th, 2023 20, edition of Before Coffee. Be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons. And follow our other channels. Toxic Alley history of gravy, and scratchy old records.